Let's go in-depth on Iowa State with the Des Moines Register. It's time for Cyclone Insider, powered by GMIG's 5th Street Pub on 1460 KXNO. All right, what's going on? Welcome to Cyclone Insider here with our friends from the Des Moines Register here on 1460 KXNO. Uh, we are up in Ames today, Matt Campbell press conference following a win. Uh, Iowa State goes on the road in a really interesting football game to beat Oklahoma State over the weekend. And, gentlemen, it was the Brock Purdy game. Yeah. that's uh, That was the entire story of the game. It's funny because I remember before the game, you know, we find out David Montgomery is indeed not good to go for the game. And you're thinking that's going to be one of the biggest storylines for this team moving forward and for that game, especially if they lose. And by the time Brock Purdy takes over that game, wins it, it's a complete afterthought. It was like the sixth or seventh question in Campbell's post-game press conference. Like, an, oh, hey, how's David doing? They're going to need him, though, because we've written and said all you know since the spring that Iowa State has good depth at running back but they're just guys they're not David Montgomery they're yeah, average he, he's they're elite. average guys he's elite they don't do anything that uh, sets him apart I, don't, I, don't I know thought Nwangu looked really good though yeah I, I you touch him and he's gonna fall that's true I mean he's not gonna he's, break the tackle exactly like David is he? yeah I, there's I, nobody I mean, that can do what David Montgomery does I, I would agree I don't think they have elite level guys like that but I don't know if they're just average guys I mean part of the problem is we just don't know. They could be. But well, we, we know about Crony. Yeah. But, I mean, Crony. He's a guy. Crony's a guy, but he's got service. I mean, there's a reason nope. There's a reason to use him. But I think there's definitely some potential between Kane Nwangu and Johnny Lang. Okay. Yeah. Um, regardless, we can get into all that later and yeah. what, what, what's coming up roster-wise. Let's talk about the, the game in general at Oklahoma State. Uh, Purdy comes in. And is is remarkable. I mean, he he really didn't do anything wrong. He had a couple of errant passes there in the second half that could have been picked off. But man, Pete, he looked polished for a kid who'd never played before. He he did. Um, and on the road, although it, it was, I bet if everybody sat butt to butt in that stadium, it was maybe three quarters full. Maybe, yeah, maybe. Um, and it didn't turn out to be that bad a day either. Actually, um, yeah. And I I don't. I guess we'll find out. Saturday, but I don't know how much stock to put in to Brock Purdy. Yeah, he looked he looked wonderful. He looked wonderful against a team that didn't know what was coming either. Mm-hmm. And let's see how he does against West Virginia now that's had, you know, since Sunday to game plan. They've seen film on him. There's video. So I don't know. I, it's, it's, it's uh, yeah, he had a wonderful first game, but let's let's hold all bets until – West Virginia, and then let's you know see what happens. Yeah, the West Virginia team, and we'll, we will have plenty of time to get into that. But they, um, their defense is better than people give it credit sure for. It people think that oh, it's Dana Holgerson, and they they suck on defense, and that that's generally not the case. So it'll be a big challenge for Purdy and Iowa State on Saturday night, which will be should be a packed house at Jack Trice Stadium. Uh, other things about Brock Purdy's game. Gentlemen, Tommy was just how much a running quarterback can change when you have an average offensive line. Granted, Iowa State's offensive line is getting better by the week. I do sure. think that we're seeing improvement there. But when you have that uh, dual threat, man, it makes a whole big difference. Yeah, 
talk about opening things up. I mean, things were so one-sided with Zeb Nolan, not just when you're talking about, okay, uh, he's not going to run, mm-hmm. but just how he was passing, too, because especially in the TCU game, the few shots that he took downfield were errant throws, too. He was overshooting guys. And then when you're not running, when you can't hit those deep balls, you can really zero in on some things, which TCU was able to do. Now with Brock Purdy, you're not only talking about a guy that can hit that deep ball, those quick tosses, but he can also run it, too. And those zone read options were just... I mean, I think Oklahoma State just had no idea what he was going to do with it. Part of that was the fact that they even said after the game, look, we we didn't expect Brock Purdy to be playing that much. They were totally taken off guard by what he could do. But also just the fact that he could run opened up so many different things. Yeah, and he not only could he run, but he was he's a better runner than I guess I thought. Brian Mitchell, maybe. Well, maybe. Yeah, how do yeah. we know? We've not seen it. That's what I'm saying. Well, the, the funny thing is, I remember. I'm saying Purdy's a better runner than I. I guess I envisioned he would be. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. that's. I think that's where I was going when I brought up Brian Mitchell because I remember going into the season saying, "Okay, you know what we had all been hearing was we're going to see Brian Mitchell run the football," and I keep going back to that Akron game. Those two snaps that Brock Purdy got, kept thinking, why is Real Mitchell not in the game there? Yeah. And I remember, I think the week after I had asked Joel Gordon, I was just like, okay, you know, how good of a runner really is Brock Purdy? And he was like, you know, this kid can can do it. Just look at his numbers uh, in high school. I think we all kind of get overwhelmed by the passing numbers, but what he was able to do on the ground uh, really showed when we saw it firsthand. Peterson, we, we've seen backup quarterbacks for Iowa State have really impressive debuts. In fact, we've seen it quite often. It seems like a regular occurrence up here. Uh, I do think there are some differences in Purdy and some of those other um, spots that we've seen. What, what, what do you think is um, similar here with Purdy where you, we need to kind of tap the brakes a little bit and give this some time? What do you think is different that could make this – this story turn out differently for Iowa State. Look at his uniform number. He wears number 15. Oh, there you go. Who was the last quarterback to wear 15? Seneca Wallace, baby. Boom. (laughs) Um, Now, okay, let's stamp the brakes now. Um, Yeah, I've been in conversation with somebody who knows more about Iowa State football than all of us put together this morning. And and he said to me, he said, he said he he hasn't seen a quarterback that's got all of what what, um, Brock Purdy could do. you know, last year Kyle Kemp came in, obviously, and played Oklahoma game, and at the, at the surprise element. Yeah, we've seen you know um, a lot of guys. A lot of guys come in and do it for one game, but but uh, whether you know how long you can sustain it. That's why I say hold up until after the West Virginia game before yeah, yeah. you crown him touchdown Jesus. Um, um, it may happen. I don't know. It it uh, I suspect it'll be somewhere. He in may between. indeed be touchdown Jesus. He may, I, <laughs> but I suspect it'll be somewhere in between. I mean, look the the big thing when it comes to Brock Purdy, as opposed to I think some of the names you think of right off the bat are Sam Richardson, Joel Lanning, um, stuff like that. 
the one thing that Brock Purdy really has going for him, that those names, and there are a lot of other names you could throw out there, that those names didn't have is consistency in terms of an offensive coordinator, a system, a winning team around them. He has pieces to the puzzle around him much more than I think um, Sam Richardson did or Joel Lanning did at the at the end. I mean, when Joel Lanning took over, that coaching staff was on life support. It was. Um, he was playing behind a really bad line. Yep. He didn't. I mean, he had Alan Lazard, but he didn't have. David Montgomery to hand the ball off to, which is a luxury that Purdy will have. Purdy's got more weapons in general. Um, and, and another thing is just simple recruiting. I mean, Purdy was recruited by Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban. Uh, none of those guys were. You know, like so. It, 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 there is. A, a, I think we can get really like it, dig in deep and talk about all the weapons, and, and it's certainly valid in the consistency that you brought up. But at the same time, they've just recruited better. And I think we're seeing the fruits of that here at the quarterback spot. Just across the entire room. I yeah, mean, yeah. the the thing is, remember people kind of talking about, even right now it seems like it's a talking point. Well, man, you've got all these guys, you know, how, how, do, you, how do you make it work? And it's got to be really easy for Matt Campbell to say, look, what goes around comes around. You've got to always be ready. Look at Kyle Kemp's story of just waiting his turn. Zeb Nolan waiting his turn. Brock Purdy. You know, if if Iowa State quarterback history has taught us anything, it's that there is, quote-unquote, kind of life after death. I mean, look at Sam Richardson, too. Yeah. The guy won the job, lost the job, got it back. You know, you yeah. just keep at it. You're going to have another shot. History has told us everything is not going to go perfectly according to plan for Brock Purdy, even if he ends up living up to the high expectations that have been thrown on him after this first game. Peterson, I, I thought when I watched the game back, the one thing that did pop for me is that kid better learn how to take hits. Yeah. Because he, he got rocked a couple of times, and I was like, oh, is he going to bounce up? There was one of those that could have I thought might have been a targeting. I don't know. Yeah, the one definitely was, yeah. and they they reviewed it and didn't take it. Yeah, yeah and and it, it, they're calling that weird this year. Um, um, did you see Greer the shot he got on third down? I believe it was against Kansas. I have not watched that tape back yet. His helmet popped off. Really? I mean, yeah, and he's coming out holding his nose. His nose is bleeding, and and yeah, and they they reviewed it, and and actually Holgerson went off a little bit yesterday on the teleconference about that about that hit. So yeah, I mean, he's, you know, that's going to be a storyline is, is, you know, you have to slide and, and, and whatever. And people are talking about, you know, that was a storyline with Sam Richardson too, learning how to slide. Well, Sam Richardson wasn't a great runner. No, I mean, please. Um, he's not even in the same conversation with Brock Purdy was after one game. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, he's going to have to, to do that. He's going to, he's, he's going to have to learn how to protect himself because yeah, because he can, he's going to make a, I'll give the offensive line credit. He's going to make an average offensive line look good because of, Which, his, of his ability to throw on the run, move the pocket. Yeah. Um, I think he did that, that on stuff. Saturday. Exactly. He yeah. did. Without question, he did. He holds the linebackers. Linebackers can't tee off now. So, so you know, uh, for all that, for all those reasons, and I'm sure, the, you know, there's – a lot of quarterbacks are like him. Or a lot of quarterbacks have have that ability. Baker Mayfield had it last year. You know, Johnny yeah. Menzel's had it before. Seneca had it before. 
Teams will figure it out. It's just a matter of Iowa State then figuring it out even more. Yeah, and I, I think, Tommy, too, the, the, the direction I would go from here is the need to keep that bullpen warm, too. Absolutely. With what we've just discussed. I mean, Zeb or – I'll bet you money that Zeb or Kyle Kemp will play again. Yeah, you haven't this seen year. the last of them because yeah. <laughs> anything can happen to to Brock Purdy. I will say going into this next game that, you know, I know Matt Campbell has said, look, it's it's dependent on yeah, Kyle what, what was that all about? I was messing the, with West Virginia, right? I would think messing so. Messing with somebody. I don't know who, but it, <laughs> there's, can you, there's no question that who's going to start. Can you, I mean, unless somebody gets hurt. Can you imagine the fans – if you know, Kemp trots out there. I mean, and, and to think that one point Kemp was kind of the golden child, but yeah, you you absolutely have to keep all those guys ready. The good thing is they all seem bought into it. I mean, it's like I had said before, Kyle Kemp understands what goes around comes around that another opportunity you know is eventually probably going to swing his way. Zeb Nolan, by all accounts, from everybody I've talked to, just. Loves Iowa State, loves being here, loves the guys. He loves the hunting around here. Who wouldn't? Yeah. It's great hunting grounds. Yeah. So that's why it's it's working right now. But I want to see it keep working all season long. I mean, for one game, it's easy. But as the season kind of goes on, that's when you're really going to find the true test of how those guys feel. Going back to to – to Kyle Kemp for a minute yesterday on the teleconference. I don't know whether you guys were on it or not, but I asked Holgerson about about um, about about Brock Purdy, and he, and he said, "Yeah, okay, he played a good game, and and you know, teams didn't have a chance to scheme for him, and you know, all that stuff." And but then he said, he said, and he, and interestingly, Holgerson is on before Matt Campbell. Mm-hmm. He's on before. Okay. So Matt Campbell hadn't even been on yet. Yeah. Holgerson said, "We're hearing out of the Iowa State camp that, that Kyle Kemp's going to play." I mean, those, so those, so whoever it is, managers or whatever, not only leak stuff to us, but it's apparently somehow it's getting to to West Virginia as well. Um, well, I remember when Joe. This is great. I Joe, love this aspect of when, the business. It's, the, the funny these thing coaches is, are all so like paranoid and like. Oh, yeah. sure they are. It, there's a reason. There's yeah. yeah. I remember it's awesome. before Joe Houston was promoted to special teams coordinator. Um. You know, I forget what his exact job title was, but he told me part of his job was he would read up, uh, read news stories, and then watch um, news stories on the team that they were getting ready to play so we could hear kind of the rumor mill, chatter mill, and, and stuff like that. I doubt they're getting it from, from managers. I'm sure there's kind of reading the, the message board stories. and, and Probably. Please. I was probably exaggerating a bit on that. But, yeah, they're every, – every, you know, for coaches to say they don't read up on opponents, you know, that's a lie. That's I doubt, a lie. I doubt the actual head coach does. But no, but there there are people I guarantee you in the Iowa and Iowa State athletic departments that part of their job is to absolutely read news stories. Well, absolutely. Yep. They, that's yeah. why they have fourteen staffers. Yeah. Or how? Oh, heck, they have more than that. My gosh, you know, interns can do that. Dude, I also it's that was um. Yeah, I don't know if Campbell pulled a fast one on him on on Saturday, but it it's one of those deals where, where we can all get frustrated at times because the coach isn't forthright about like who's playing and stuff. But then like there's a situation like Saturday where it works. <laughs> I'm assuming I'm assuming 
that every coach is lying to me to yeah. a certain degree. That's it's, all going to change. That's all. Good. I mean, a lot of that's going to change when we, get, when we get gambling. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah but I, I, do I, think I don't think Europe. that's that's going to end all, cure all. Because no, that's it's going to change. Though. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how dramatically because I mean, maybe we find out about David Montgomery a little bit sooner, but the quarterback situation with you know lines coming out. I mean, there's nothing would have changed with Saturday's situation where Campbell still would have trotted Zeb Nolan out for that first series and then Brock Purdy for the second one. I mean, it would have been really interesting to see what would have happened if Brock Purdy struggled during those first three series. He did. During the first series, his first he struggled. Series. Well, I mean, it was a three and out. He exactly. ran once for <laughs> seven yards. Yeah, so they I didn't know. get a first down. But I, I was saying in his first three series, I mean, then the next two. Yeah, where, do you, go, where a, do you go from here? He had, he had a touchdown. So, Yeah, I, it was fun. It was fun to watch. The kid um, is a neat like player just to sit there and watch because you never know what he's going to do. He's got that swagger to him. It's a he's got good story the, for Iowa He's got State. great ball movement with his hands. Yeah. I mean, his faking, his he's pump kind fakings, of He's his, kind of old school, like the way exactly. he does it a little bit. Well, his his favorite player growing up was, he was a Dan Marino guy. Really? His, um, Brock Purdy was old enough to see Dan Marino? The funny thing is, I did a, I did a story about it um, when he first signed to Iowa State. Okay. When he was born... His dad was sitting in the hospital room watching Monday Night Football, and he was a, a Dolphins guy. And oh, dad's a Dolphins fan. And he was watching Monday Night Football in Dan Marino. So wow, he became he, he became a Dan Marino fan. That's cool. I did not know that. Nope. Maybe I should read more of your work then. I, I'm kind of <laughs> biased, but yeah. Um, the Randy Peterson, Tommy Birch, Des Moines Register, Cyclone Insider here on 1460 KXNO. The defense, I thought, um, was not perfect on Saturday. There, there, there's no aspect of anything that's ever perfect. But I, I thought they played well, despite giving up 42 points. They were given a really short field at one point. They held Oklahoma State to like a yard and a half per play, less than their average on the season. Um, seven sacks, what, 16 tackles for a loss. Uh, man, I, Randy, I thought Haycock dialed up a great game plan. I, I, Oklahoma State's going to score points. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Their so tempo they, and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, exactly. And Oklahoma State isn't great offensively. Let's face it. Cornelius isn't the best quarterback on the planet. Um, they've still got some pretty good, some pretty decent receivers and some pretty decent speed. But the, the whole, I don't care what, you know, Purdy aside, included even, the the most mind-boggling stat to me was the seven sacks by seven different players. I've seen seven sacks before, obviously, but by seven different players. Oh my gosh, I that's that's incredible. What was it three three defensive linemen, three linebacker, or three defensive linemen, two linebackers, and and two defensive backs, something like that. That was that was off the charts, mind-boggling to me. Yeah, and it it's been fun to watch when you have a great defensive line. Like Iowa State has, you, you have the ability to do all sorts of different things schematically, and that was, um, you know, if we watch the, if if the Iowa State's defense is chicken noodle soup normally, they were all sorts of, I mean, yep. they were like a mixture of like pizza soup and like hey, they were all kinds of stuff. They had all sorts of ingredients in there on Saturday. Well, they threw so many different things at Cornelius, yeah. just trying to kind of get in his head and rattle him. That's why I think. 
there were a lot of people that were probably going to be like, okay, that game plan, look how well it worked against Oklahoma State. It's probably not going to work the same way against Greer from West Virginia because, one, Yeah, you got to do something different against yeah, him. Yeah. He's an experienced quarterback. Two, he can hit the long ball. He can hit short passes. He's a tough runner, too. So I think his ability to read all that, see it coming, is not going to work. But the thing about the Iowa State defense is, you look at it, they've had success against everybody that mm-hmm. they played so far. They've held, I think, all five teams that they played below their season scoring average. When they were trying to figure out this whole quarterback situation and just kind of get into a rhythm offensively, that's what was keeping them in games was the defense. Yeah. And, I mean, man, it, it, and to me, the the coolest storyline kind of around the program right now isn't just offense, defense. It's just kind of like how it was last year where it's a lot of unsung heroes talking about guys like Connor Sally and then I brought this up because we're talking defense. Braxton Lewis, a walk-on, who has had three picks in the last three games, and mm-hmm. they've been big picks too. So, to me, that's the biggest surprise. They're going to have to be good the next two weeks because they play the um, Texas Tech in two in three weeks. Two, the, the next two games are against numbers one and two passing offenses in the Big 12. Um, West Virginia is number two and Texas Tech is number one. So they they're going to have to be on their stuff. Yeah, they. I'm, but they just kind of have to have almost that same mentality that they did against Oklahoma State where it's like Chris said, it wasn't perfect. It was like a, a bend but don't break. They kept giving them the ball when they needed it, needed them to. They kept getting timely stops. I mean, granted, that touchdown at the end, you know, was – was a tough one, you know, and just kind of extended the game a little bit yeah. more. But that defense, once the, once again, when they needed big stops, came up with them. My guess is the West Virginia game plan is vastly different. Um, and, and I don't know. I would guess it's more of what you saw Iowa State do against TCU with the, the more passive trying to trick rear with coverages. West Virginia is not going to rush it. They're, they're averaging 160 yards a game on the ground, so um, they're not going to rush it a whole lot. Yeah, I think I the game think. plan with Cornelius was pretty evident, just make him feel as uncomfortable yeah. as possible and, and hope that he, uh, you know, because he's not as much of a threat to run the football, but when you've got a guy like Will Greer, wonder if there's going to be a spy on him. Like, guy I, I saw um, make some plays there at the end of the game was Regan Northrup. He came up and, and, and laid some big hits at the end of that game. I feel like he could be an asset against a guy like Will Greer. The, the name that really kept popping into my head when I went back and watched the game was Orion Vance. Yeah, he looked he kept, good, didn't he? He kept coming up with big plays. That's and, the most he's ever played, I believe. Yeah, and you know it's going to be interesting moving forward because I think you may have a legit battle for that middle linebacker spot now because he has played so well. He got so much playing time in that last game, and they loved him for a long time. They still loved him even when Mike Rose won that starting job. And Mike Rose has played well, but just not as well as that first game. I mean, there's no way to really keep up the momentum of that first game. But the fact that Orion Vance just kept kept at it, didn't Mm -hmm. lose his head. I mean, it's not got to be easy for a redshirt freshman to lose his job to a true freshman when – for such a long time, it was like it's it. We all thought it was his job. Yeah. And then Mike Rose comes in and bam, just kind of steals his thunder. Yeah. What it does is gives you hope for the 
linebacker hope for the future oh, if you're no an kidding. Iowa State fan. Yeah. Jake I mean, Hummel, too. Yeah, yeah, you're going to have two of those guys on the field at the same time. I mean, obviously, you've got two middle linebackers playing very well right now. Um, two starting middle linebackers, essentially. Move one of them to to whatever, a different linebacker position or, yes. or something next year. So, Spears I mean, and Harvey are two of the best in the Big 12. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's just it shows you that – that uh, it's been a while since Iowa State. You know, for a while they were, some people were calling it linebacker U because of of Klein and and uh, not and George. Not George. Yeah. You know, well they might be getting back to to some semblance of that. Yeah, interesting. Boy, it sure helps too when you've got that D line in front of you. I mean, I, sure I does. blown away by um, Jaquan Bailey's progress from last year until now. I mean, he he looks like Lima did last year, in my opinion. I mean, he he, he he's putting up stats, but he's He's not putting up as many stats, which is tying up blockers, and it's making a guy like Willie Harvey life a lot easier. Ask Joe Lanning, who the most valuable player was on that defense last year. He'll tell you that. Jaquan? He'll, no, he'll tell you in the middle. Oh, Ray Lima, yeah, because he's playing middle. behind him. Exactly. Yeah, and I would guess Willie Harvey would think that about Jaquan over, right. over on that side. Yep. And part of the thing is, too, when you have such a strong defensive line like that and reliable linebackers, I mean, that – that really allows you to be so versatile in your defense where you don't have to always bring pressure. The pressure is going to come yeah. internally from those guys like Bailey and um, even guys like Spencer Benton when they get out there. The fact is what makes that group on the defensive line so strong is not just talent but depth. They've got a ton of guys. Like We've even seen some of Matt Leo too. Yeah, he, he, he has started to creep. Has, has Tonga Moa even played this year? I haven't he, noticed him. I think he was on the game chart for the TCU game. I'm not positive, okay. though. But, I, I mean, think he's an afterthought right now. No, he he is. I, I was just curious because yeah. it's just funny how some of those guys, you know, you spend so much time writing about and then they don't pan out, but it happens in every class. Sure it does. I mean, that, it happens every class, every place. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's college I mean, cause football. Because when people sign, we, we – I don't know. We feed the beast, you know, and the beast is looking at at uh, offers, uh, offers, and, and they're looking at stars. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was, was going to get to that one. They're looking at offers and stars, and so. Yep, uh, they don't always work out, and I don't know if that one's going to at Iowa State. All right, we'll um, take a closer look at Iowa State, West Virginia, um, some other Big Twelve conversations. Texas. Uh, I, 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 here's where we're going to go next. Who's the best team in the Big 12? We'll ask Randy Peterson, Tommy Birch that question when we come back here at Cyclone Insider with the Des Moines Register on 1460 KXNO. Everything you need to know about Iowa State, it's Cyclone Insider with the Des Moines Register, powered by G-Mig's Fifth Street Pub on 1460 KXNO. Welcome back. Segment 2, Cyclone Insider here with the Des Moines Register on 1460 KXNO. Main man Tom Herman blows up. Oklahoma on Saturday in the Red River. I didn't know they changed it. It's the Red River Showdown now. I think it's the is it sh- yeah. It used to be shootout, but th- is it that's the, not politically the correct. Politically correct people. Yes. Go- the- it used to be Red River rivalry too. Whatever. So. Um, it's Red River. It's it's played yeah. at the state fair. Still whatever. River. It's Texas and Oklahoma. Yeah. It was still I, great. It, not I wasn't surprised that Texas won that game. Um, Oklahoma was only a seven point favorite, but. If you've watched closely, Texas has been just 
on fire the last couple of weeks. And Oklahoma's been very vulnerable, they, they, too. They, they certainly have been, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Of course, Mike Stoops was fired this week. Um, you know, interestingly about that, I don't know whether you were in that conversation or not before the game Saturday, Tommy, but we're obviously we're in Stillwater, and there's yeah. a lot of Oklahoma there. Reporters are, and I was talking to some of the Oklahoma people, actually a columnist from the um, Daily Oklahoman, and, and uh, you know, we we're talking about Stoops, and they said if if – if um, Texas goes off in this game, don't be surprised if Stoops is fired on Sunday. He gone. He was gone. Yeah. Um, I, I I think right now, I know that the sixth-ranked West Virginia team is coming to town. I, I would vote that Texas is the best team in the Big 12 right now. I'm not saying resume-wise. I'm saying, like, if if you'd stack all these teams head-to-head and on a neutral field, I think Vegas would favor Texas. You guys – before we got on the radio, we're talking stocks. And if I had to buy stock, <laughs> I would buy stock in Texas because obviously they're rising. They've got their quarterback situation figured out. Looks like yeah, he, is just, yeah. he is riding a wave of momentum that he's never had. You look at the start of the season, too. I mean, I, th- I think it was Ohio State, right, where yeah. um, they almost won that game, too. So they're trending in the right direction, and I guess I'm kind of looking, even though... You're talking what, about TCU almost yeah. beat Ohio State, yeah, not, TCU, not Texas. Yeah, Texas. Who, who was it that Texas had? Um, well, they lost to Maryland. Lost to Maryland, that was the, yeah, that's, that's their one loss. Yeah. The thing is, Texas has been trending in the right direction now where... They're kind of firing on all cylinders. But I look at West Virginia, and maybe it's partially history. Maybe it's because they stumbled a little bit against Kansas, too. But kind of history tells me, hey, they're going to be hot at the start of the season. At some point, they're going to hit a roadblock. I mean, granted, this is probably Dana Holgerson's best team since he's been there. But I'm still not drinking the Kool-Aid yet, especially after how I watch Kansas just kind of hang around them. I think they're really good. Um, I, I think that West Virginia deserves its its ranking. Uh, I'm not talking I, – I, I still think that they're the third best team in the league, though. I would go Texas, Oklahoma, and West Virginia. And, I, and I, I'll eat some crow here. I think the Big 12 is better, Randy, than I thought it was going to be before the season began. Like I, I think you've got five Big 12 teams that are really – um, really stout, and then I would include Iowa State in that with TCU. I probably put Iowa State at five at this point, um, but I, I don't know. I think that I would go Texas. I would go Oklahoma because they're still elite on offense, what would, and then I would go West Virginia. What would Iowa State beating West Virginia? I guess due to that conversation of just depth to the Big Twelve. If you're a Big Twelve person, you're really hoping West Virginia just keeps winning right now because even though yeah, yeah you the, look at Iowa State and they are kind of a rising team and I think a team that a lot of people gave up on West Virginia and losing to Iowa State could possibly be one of the worst things to happen in the Big 12. Yeah, what do you think about that Randy? You base, you base a conference how good it is by who gets in the college football playoffs and right now Oklahoma's not getting in the college football playoffs and neither is Texas 
Um, the Notre Dame's going to be a real problem. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, look at look. So what happens on November 3rd when West Virginia plays at Texas? I'm going to say you were asked me a long time ago who I thought was the best yeah. team in the conference. It's West Virginia right now. But but who do you think will win that game? Yeah, I don't know. It's at Texas. Yeah. If Texas wins, then the Big 12 shut out. Yeah. I mean, I mean the or, good thing for Texas likely. is they would have that early loss we, in the season. Now it's a it's a really bad loss. Yeah. But it was. But the, the so media does this. Ago every year where we overreact to these September and October losses and we're like That's why oh, I said look at yeah. wait till November third. Yeah. It's like oh we're they're not gonna go undefeated. They we well we didn't think that Oklahoma would make the playoff last year after it lost to Iowa State too. You know, so there's a lot of games to be played. The problem this year for the league is Notre Dame. Right. Because Notre Dame could be you know, it's eliminating they're done. They're, 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 they don't have a they're, they're gone. They don't they're have on, a championship game. So they're not going. You can't keep them out if they go unbeaten. Yeah, no, and I, yeah. I, I don't think that they're not going to lose unless USC like gets better yeah. between now and then, which they have a lot of talent. Like that's possible. But you're right. I mean, they they would have to be upset, right? By by somebody. They're going to be a favorite in every game that they play the rest of the year. I just and they're getting in. You, they go unbeaten. They're getting in. I th- yeah. I, I don't know. What, 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 how would you rank the top three in the league? West Virginia, Texas, Oklahoma. Right now. So right go, now. Yeah, by right now. Like, I'm not talking about their resume, just how they're playing right now. I would, I would, I would do that because I'm, I'm, you know, just like you guys were saying – throw the the Maryland Texas game out I'm throwing the I'm throwing the West Virginia Kansas game out how many yeah, they, how, how, yeah, how, the, do you really get fired up to play Kansas no and when you have Please. three fluky red zone turnovers <laughs> like Greer did that, that no I I I don't factor that you're, in. You're, like somebody said on the broadcast, I watched that game again this morning on the broadcast, it's not like West Virginia players are are, are, are getting geared up for this game. Before the game, they're in the locker room talking because it was in Morgantown. Where are they going to go after the game? The only the, the part that the little bit of a kink in the armor for West Virginia for me is I've been touting their defense since June. I, I thought it was going to yeah. be a really good group, and, it, and it's proven to be. The second half of the Tech game – was interesting to me. Disastrous. Yeah, and, and and there's just really good offensive coaches in this league, and I wonder if Cliff Kingsbury found something. I, I, I don't know. There's smarter people out there that know that to me, but I, I wonder if it's something Lincoln Riley would take advantage. Tom Herman's a really good offensive coach, right? There's just that part would concern me more than anything with West Virginia. I just, I think Texas is the most complete team though. When you look at Todd Orlando, I think he's, he's the first or second best defensive coordinator in the league. I would put him behind Haycock. Um, when you look at what they're doing offensively now, Ellinger's finally kind of realized the star that he could be. Herman's a really good offensive coach. People forget about that over the years. I just think that they're the most complete team. They don't have a glaring hole. I don't think West Virginia does either, but Texas has more pure talent. Yeah, and that's why I think if I'm saying I'm if I'm kind of ranking them, I, I I definitely put them ahead of West Virginia. Now, granted, West Virginia has done more right now, but I think Texas is just trending too far up right now. And I look at Oklahoma, too, and I'm still really intrigued by them because I feel like their ceiling still can be really, really high, where I guess it's kind of like what I said, too, about West Virginia. I'm not totally sold that there isn't going to be some kind of stumble at the end of the finish line here for them, too. Yeah, I, I would guess that they all 
stumble <laughs> at some point. I mean, I, I, I don't. I think the league's too deep. I think it's too good for anybody to go undefeated. Yeah, but if if you had to ask me, best team in the Big Twelve right now, I would say Texas. Yeah. Okay. So I, I think they're close, though. I think it's a good conversation to have, and I, it's still, it's just hard to. It's it's hard for me to completely write off Oklahoma too because I, I have so much respect for Lincoln Riley and Kyler Murray is uh, he's a Heisman contender and but what I, are they doing with their defense? I, I, yeah. I, I don't know, but I do know that their offense is good enough to overcome that against most teams. And they play West Virginia on the end in Morgantown, also. yeah, and that's a problem. That, yeah. that's a big problem. And they play at TCU this this weekend. Is that this in week? two weeks? Two weeks. Okay, in two weeks. So yeah, and their their road to hoe or whatever that thing is isn't. No, the greatest right now. No, it's certainly not. What did you guys think up close of Oklahoma State? They're um, horrible offensive line. <laughs> that that that's your first takeaway. Yeah, that was my first takeaway. And I I guess I think about Cornelius. He does have a lot of potential. What year is he again? I mean he he can he can produce for them. I mean obviously that was a bit, a really bad day, but. Um, you know, man, he's got a really strong arm. I've watched a couple of their games, and he's he's fun to watch. But, I mean, that's the most rattled we probably um, have seen him early on. But, I mean, it's not. He's a it's, Cornell's a senior. Is he a senior? Yeah. I mean, the thing is, that's this is going to be Mike Gundy's toughest team. Yeah, I, I thought this would of, be a rebuilding year for yeah, them all along. They were just average. It was just a team. Yeah. When they, be, they didn't do anything that says – this is what's that? I won't use a phrase, but they won't. Tommy, I don't know what I'm talking about. This, there's nothing out there that said this is cowboy ball, you know, yeah. cowboys ball. No, I there's know. there's nothing there. They, he's, what he's, do they do? They he, didn't do any. You know, they're average. He's they're rebuilding. Guys. He's rebuilding. Yeah. They've got a new defensive coordinator. That's new. And I'll I'll make this prediction too here. I, I think Iowa State will be better than TCU at the end of the year. I, I, their offense was really underwhelming to me a couple weeks ago in Fort Worth. I mean, if Iowa State gets the quarterback thing figured out and gets better on the offensive line, I mean, I think Iowa State is better than them. Yeah, maybe. I mean, right now, if you're basing that just off of the Iowa State game, then, yeah, I mean, I you kind of look at everybody's offense right now, and it's kind of underwhelming against Iowa State, but I kind of – that's where I messed up earlier when I'm thinking about TCU and Ohio State, that game. I mean, the flashes that they showed – up until that third quarter where they just imploded, there's a lot of potential there. But I think I Iowa State. I was. I think Iowa State right now, right now, and we all knew that the schedule was was front loaded. Is has solidified itself that the bar should be someplace in the top five in the conference for a while. I would agree, especially when you consider all the freshmen and exactly. Sophomores. I mean, and all the youth they're playing this year. Yeah, my gosh, they're playing so many, so many non-seniors this year. It's 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 unbelievable. So yeah, I mean, the the future is is um, it's very good for Iowa State right now, and I, I think the bar should be someplace in the around five or six. I really do. Yep, uh, they're right. right there with Oklahoma State. They're going to beat Kansas. They'll beat Kansas State this year. Yeah, they should sweep I mean, those games. They should beat Baylor. Yeah, they surpass be, them. Yeah, and you know we'll see what happens with Texas Tech. I think they've got a little lightning in a bottle. I think right Texas now. Tech's better than people think. I think they that, still play. They yeah. still don't play defense. No, but well, they're I, they're better. I, they got to get better. They could get. I, I would worse. challenge you, Pete, to watch that team. Uh, who do they have this weekend? Do you have that one? I don't think their defense is as bad as at people. TCU. 
could be an interesting game. Gave up game 49 to, watch. to Houston, 42 to. They're at TCU this week. I might pick the upset on that this week. I don't think Texas Tech's that bad. We'll see. I think that game's going to be more difficult for Iowa State than we thought it would be. Texas Tech? Yeah. Yeah. I really do. I, I, I think that I think they're trending in a better direction than a TCU. Is. Yeah, but so is Iowa State. I mean, I think Correct. before the Brock Purdy train left the station, I think I I would have been more inclined to pick maybe a Texas Tech upset over Iowa State. Right. Yeah, but now the but given everything that we know about Iowa State, we know that the the, the we have to wait and see what right. happens at West during Virginia. The, during the break, I'm going to look up the point spread for um, TCU and Texas Tech. We'll, we'll analyze that. We'll put a bow on this program. Iowa State, West Virginia, Saturday. We'll talk more about that here next on 1460 KXNO. Everything you need to know about Iowa State, it's Cyclone Insider with the Des Moines Register, powered by G Migs Fifth Street Pub on 1460 KXNO. All right, final segment of Cyclone Insider here on 1460 KXNO. I'm pumped. Just found out that TCU-Texas Tech game is Thursday night. Let's go. You don't have any MMA or whatever you call that stuff to oh, watch? Oh, man, no. not. I just watch the pay-per-views. I don't, I don't, I don't watch the, like, random stuff. Okay. Are you getting into the fights? Do you like the fights, Pete? I do not. It's okay. It's not for everybody. I don't say I didn't like it. No, I'm just not into it. I, everybody, like, um, everybody's got their own deal. You know, I like watching the fights, but some people don't. Some people like hockey. I don't like hockey. I watched I, I NBA. I watched Fred yeah, last I night. I like to go and watch hockey like at Wells Fargo, like when I'm there, but I'm not watching. That's different than watching yeah. it on the TV. But I, watched, I watched the Bulls last night. Boy, were they bad. Well, they're, they're all hurt. I know. <laughs> like, they're not, they don't have any of their guys. Uh, Where was that exhibition bad in Des Moines, too, or in Ames? I didn't get to go. Oh, boy. You didn't enjoy it? I, I'm not a, not really. It is fine. I think you have to be either Timberwolves, yeah. Bucks, <laughs> yeah. or just, just an NBA, NBA guy. Just, yeah. Yeah. See, I would have enjoyed it because I like the NBA. See, but. I think for me, you know, I wouldn't have minded. Uh, I enjoyed watching the NBA. I covered the the NBA preseason yeah. game, but I think it's almost it's almost like a spring training game. Like if the right. Brewers and Marlins came to well. That's probably that's exactly what it's like. It's like a spring training game. Maybe the Brewers and like Rockies came to Des Moines to do a spring training game. There aren't a ton of Brewer fans. There aren't a ton of Rocky fans. But there are still be a ton of fans. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's exactly what the way it was. And it like an NFL preseason game where yeah. But but that's okay. They have eleven thousand people there. They went they went bonkers and 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 the Timberwolves put on a. Uh, the Timberwolves put on a great entertainment show. I mean, the whole package was was uh, th- that part was cool. The uh, point spread on Thursday night for Tech and TCU is seven. TCU by seven. Yep, I would take Texas Tech to cover. I I, I think TCU is going to have a hard time. Well, it won't be. A, it, it certainly will not be an intimidating house because TCU. I don't know. I don't get those fans. I don't either. I just. Do I don't not get it. I mean, I think I would too because the more I've watched TCU, the more the less faith in I have in them not to shoot themselves in the foot. I, yeah, I, I think there'll be a lot of points scored. I mean, a TCU sixty-two was, is the number. Well, yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. And, I, I been, and who'd you say you're going to take TCU or Texas Tech? I would take t- Texas Tech, and the, Tech and the points. Yeah, yeah, because Tech, yeah, because they're going to score forty. Um, 
Iowa State if it's is a good night. A four and a half point underdog. How much respect is that for Iowa that's State? A lot of respect for that's Iowa the, State. Wow. For a two and three team. That's a, that's an that's a field goal and a safety. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's essentially. That's yeah. cool. And Iowa State got a safety last week. Yeah. Now the the number is trending higher, sure. which was to be expected when that line first came out. But uh, no, I, I that's how I took it too, Pete. It's it's, without big. question, that's what it is. I mean, if Iowa State would not have beaten Oklahoma. Obviously, that line would have been different, but but uh, I think I think there's a Brock Purdy factor in there as well, and not only Brock Purdy, what he did, but he's opening up Hakeem, he's opening up everybody, and the Iowa State, I still say, has the best conglomerate. Forget the stats, has the best conglomeration of receivers in the Big Twelve, and they're I mean, all going to be as good now. That was probably the best part about what Purdy did too, outside of his feet, was he hit so many different targets. I mean, you're talking about Tariq Milton, Akeem Butler, even Landon Akers, not zeroing in on one guy. You know, I talked to to somebody that's that's down on the field during games and really has watched Iowa State's quarterbacks, and he was saying when Zeb Nolan would find a guy, it, you could the tell. The whole stadium for, knew it. <laughs> you could tell. his he, he would not go through his progressions very often, so – um, that's something that Brock Purdy has, has already shown he can do differently, too. Gentlemen, um, anybody picking an Iowa State upset on Saturday? I'm thinking about it. I haven't made my decision yet. It's only Tuesday. I need to watch the West Virginia-Kansas film. But I, I think that they I, – I think that this is a – this reminds me a lot of TCU last year coming off of that Oklahoma win, right? Now, TCU with an offense. This is a tough – No, I, I know. I think it's the same type of spot, though, yeah. where the crowd's going to be really electric. And any, it's going to be a night game. My point is anything could happen. I, I think that's this, one of those games. This is a tough spot for Iowa State. I mean, because West Virginia is – They're legit. They're legit. Yep. And, and um, yeah, I think I need to see – I think I need to see Brock Purdy one more time. I need to see okay. him in a, in a starting role. That's fair. What about you, Tommy? Does. You got a gut on this one? No, not really. I mean, the only thing I can say with absolute certainty is that Iowa State's going to be in this game. I mean, we we talk about all these predictions and how far the programs come and everything like that. Probably the best indicator about how the program has turned the corner is Iowa State's in every game. This year alone, they haven't lost a game by 10 points or, or, or more. So, um, you know, for so many years, we used to go up and down the calendar and say, I wish they would win this game. They would lose this game. They might lose this game. They're going to get smoked in that game. And now every game you're like, okay, I think Iowa State may not win that game, but they're going to be in it. And to piggyback off of what you just said, said, yeah, Iowa State was in those games because of defense. Mm-hmm. Iowa State now has, it looks like after one game, the offense to score some of those, to make up the differences of what, what those 10-point losses or whatever. going to be is. fun. Big-time uh, atmosphere. We'll see you guys on Saturday night. Peterson, Birch, the Des Moines Register here on 1460 KXNO.